Let's say you have a web application and you want to make some changes to improve it. You may want to do some A-B testing to it first to make sure you are really improving things. But really, what is A-B testing? That's what we'll be finding out about in this episode with Lima Nassery. Thank you Oxylabs for sponsoring this episode. Oxylabs, a top provider of innovative services including real-time crawlers, web scrapers, and residential and data center proxies, they are trusted by more than 500 companies. Find out what they can do for you at oxylabs.io slash testing code. Welcome to Testing Code, a podcast about software development, software testing, and Python. I'm excited to have today on Testing Code, Lima Nassery. She's joined me to, we're going to talk about A-B testing. I can't believe that I've gotten so many episodes in and we haven't talked about A-B testing. Um, but, but you have, so welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. And I'm excited you, to chat about A-B testing. <laughs> you have a really kind of an interesting background, I, I think. So tell me who you are. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thanks for the intro. Um, so yeah, so my background, I guess you could say it's interesting. I don't know if it's that interesting, but um, I've spent like the last nine or so years um, at Comcast, essentially, working on software development in one way or another, um, whether I was like an engineer, a lead engineer, a manager, a director, or back to a manager. Um, so yes, I kind of made like the joke is personally, I don't know if anyone finds this funny, but I've made my own rotational program at Comcast to an extent. Like I've, I've moved every like two years or so to a different team. Um, but the majority of my experience has been on in one way or another on working on web services or, you know, platforms to help improve our content discovery platform. So that's like how people get to watching TV shows or movies, um, when they watch TV via Comcast cable. Um, and then most recently, and specific to this topic, like the past three years, my focus has been on all things A-B testing and how to, you know, measure different experiences um, to improve the, you know, the product. Okay, so A-B testing is really crucial to your role right now? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I mean, I guess, so in a nutshell, like we, my team uh, supported, or at least in a in one way or another, supported building algorithms to improve how we, you know, surface TV shows or movies. And then specific to that, how do we measure, you know, the way we change an algorithm is via A-B testing to make sure that we've improved that experience and not degraded it. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm, when I think of A-B testing, I think of like uh, people changing something on a website. And we'll get yeah, into really yeah, where it is. Yeah, yeah, that's traditional I mean, I think that's usually what I think too, is like an e-commerce website or something like that. Yeah. So are you doing, is, is the A-B testing you're doing within the, like when I'm on my Comcast remote looking at the stuff on the TV or is it through, um, through the website or, or. Is... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's all the above. I mean, I think at Comcast, we're trying to do it all the above. We're trying to not only A-B test, um, the things that you see when you like look at your TV, but also, when you're like on the browser or on your mobile device and also navigating the content or even just like uh, navigating with how you use um, like your broadband internet. Um, there's so many like diff everything in a, in a nutshell, most things should be A-B tested, especially when they're like customer facing. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the goal at Comcast is not my, my focus. Majority of my focus has been on um, the TV experience, but I know in general here, there are other teams focusing on 
the different platforms or products. Okay. Well, let's mm-hmm. back up a little bit. If, if nobody's ever heard of A-B testing, yeah, what is it? Yeah, that's a great question. Like I think at a high level or in its most like simplest form, it's like one way to think about it. It's a way to experiment. Um, another way to think about it is it's simply like comparing two different versions of something. So when I mean version, I mean like you have a control, which is like the original way your website, for example, looked. And then you have a variation or test, and that's like the new way. And you want to make sure that you test those experience against each other so that you're not degrading um, the experience for the customer. Similar to how you like how you test your code, like how you write unit tests and how you write uh, functional tests and regression testing and integration tests. Once all that's done, once you've actually validated that your code works, I think the next the next natural thing once into production is making sure that you're testing it so that your users like it, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm actually thinking that it might be more like uh, um, uh, optimization stuff. So if you profile a piece of code to and you have to you have to measure it ahead of time to figure out how fast something is. If you're right. trying if you're trying to speed it up, you make a change to see if it's really faster or slower right. or something. Right. Yeah. 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 Very similar. Exactly. Um. So so it's it's like A/B testing, but it's really uh uh. The current state versus a change is yeah all. okay yeah it's like so and I don't know if you've been hearing this uh, this term in your world but everyone keeps saying they want to make more quote unquote data driven decisions um, yes and one way to do that is via A/B testing I mean so like when we uh, when you work on a platform that in one way or another like a user or a human interacts with um, you want to make sure that the changes that you iterate or that how you iterate on your platform is you know in fact good for them. And how do you do that? Do you base it on like feelings? Do you base it on like, I feel like moving this button from the left to the right is better for the user? Or do you base it on like, I think it is, but let's test it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like I wish, I mean, I really love Macs, but I wish mm-hmm. I could go back in time to where Windows and Mac kind of diverged and yeah. get them to decide whether or not the menu bar is attached to the window or on the top of the screen. Right. And just pick uh, one. That's it. Exactly. The, the, when you said Mac, the first use case that came to my head is the space bar. I've been struggling hardcore with my space bar. Um, I wish they somehow, and this is not really A-B testing. I wish they kind of just tested it. They like uh, stress tested it. I don't know. Do you have the new, one of the, not the new, but the MacBook Pro from like, that's not from like four years ago. Do you have a problem with your space bar? I don't. What's wrong with oh. the space bar? It doesn't work correctly. Like it, it all, I'll do one space and then it'll, it'll like five spaces will happen. Oh. Uh, yeah. Anyways, there's a different that that would be stress testing. I feel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the issue I've got is um is like I end up don't have my hands up high enough in the air, and my thumbs will hit the uh, the trackpad and move oh, the cursor to some random place in the text. And then you'll just start. Yep. No, I've I've seen that happen before, but I've not personally experienced that. <laughs> and I know there's a setting to say ignore the trackpad if I've been typing recently. Mm-hmm. But oh. I don't remember where that is, so I'm gonna have to Google it again. It's hard to find settings. <laughs> okay, so um, one of the, when you say you're measuring to to data driven, trying to make yeah. the user experience better. Yeah, you have to measure something then. Yeah, definitely. What do you so, measure? That's a great question. Um, so there's definitely data. So there's it's kind of like there's first you need something to test, and then you need to make sure you like you have a question in mind. So you want to have you want to make sure you have a hypothesis of some sort. 
And then you want to like validate that. So let's say my hypothesis is like, well, I'm going to, this is the simplest use case. Like I'm going to move a button from the left to the right. And I'm going to say that just moving that button is going to increase people buying stuff from my website. Well, what's your metric? You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to measure that that indeed is the case? Um, there's one way to do that is like, well, for your test segment. So for the people that are getting this new experience, do you see an increase in transactions? Like, do you see more people buying stuff because of that change you made? Um, another way to measure it is, well, are people taking longer to buy stuff? Like, is this moving this button? Is this resulting in sessions that are longer than the control longer than when the button was on the other side? Um, so it's important to understand like a conversion rate or some sort of engagement metric to val validate your um, your hypothesis or your what you're trying to test and essentially yeah there might so there might be actually com different different metrics that might not all be going in the same direction right for sure and I think that's why it's important to think like somewhat holistically of what you're testing and I know this is something that we've done at Comcast where um, we'll make one change to one specific part of our product but we also want to make sure this one change isn't like you know, stealing traffic away from other ways of doing something. Um, so like you want to, like two things, like you can, A, you can have a lot, there, this is one pitfall of the A-B testing. You can get stuck in like, all you do is figuring out metrics and data to validate your test. And then the other route is you could have too little data and you can only be looking at one way of slicing your results. And that's kind of not, that's not the bigger picture. Um, yeah. I'd like to thank a new sponsor of testing code, OxyLabs. OxyLabs is a top provider of innovative web data gathering services, such as real-time crawlers and web scrapers. They also have residential and data center proxies. OxyLabs is introducing their next-generation residential proxies, which are a significantly improved data gathering solution. They provide a stable and fast proxy pool with more than 30 million global IP addresses. And they are resource efficient, with the proxy management, user agents, and IP rotation all done on the OxyLabs side. OxyLabs has a deep understanding and knowledge of how to acquire web data, and they provide a dedicated account manager for every client. Already trusted by more than 500 companies, visit oxylabs.io slash testingcode to find out more about their services and to apply for a free trial of their next generation residential proxies. That's oxylabs.io slash testingcode. Like if so, some, I could imagine somebody a, a change that makes it so that people uh, add things to their cart and purchase things faster, yeah. but right. but at the same time, people are spending oddly enough less time on your site and right. buying buying fewer things. So right. in, in total, you're making less money. Right. So I think it's really important to like think about the like and. I, so I'm an engineer, so I don't want to sound like I'm a product person, but like it is important to like think about your like business at a like at a whole. Like every, I think every change is important, especially when you're running a business. Um, so you have to understand your product to an extent, is what I'm saying. Like you, it takes time. Like A/B testing is expensive. Like you have to really think. Like it's not something for. I'm not very patient, but like you need patience with A/B testing. You know. Why is it expensive? What do you mean by that? Like it just, it takes time. Like I think it's, there's like two ways to think about it. Um, like you could just build a feature, um, make a bunch of changes to your platform, ship it. And you could be like, well, I like it. It looks great. We all agree. Um, and that's not good because you could be degrading the experience. But on the other hand, you could build a feature, um, spend time on figuring out the proper A-B tests, 
and then run the A-B test, that means that your feature is not then released for another, like, let's pretend three months. Um, so I think it's like time and resources is what I mean by expensive. Like it takes time to run an A-B test. It takes time to like look at your metrics, to build the right um, segments, to make sure that you're really looking at the bigger picture when you're making a change. And like, I think most humans, or at least myself, I'm not very patient and I kind of just want, sometimes I just want the change to go out. Um, so it is expensive in the sense of like resourcing and time. Okay. You do have to figure out what you want to do. Uh, what you brought up segments. What does that mean? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So when we talk about AB testing, um, I did mention earlier how it's a, um, you're measuring a change and how do you measure that change? You kind of, you have your old experience and then you have the new variation test experience that you want to validate. Um, so what you do is you have essentially two segments or two sample groups or two sets of users. And for one set or one segment, um, you give them the control experience. And then for another segment, you give them the new experience. Um, so it's kind of just, it's what we, like they're called segments. They can be called cohorts or audience segments. Um, but it's the sample of subscribers or samples of customers that you're validating these changes against. So do you do this just like half the people or do you pick people from the West Coast versus the East Coast? Or That's a great question too. Um, yeah, so I think it, it depends on it depends on your feature, like what you're trying to test, but you do have to be cognizant or you have to um, be careful in how big your, your segment is. You don't want it to be too small such that it's not statistically significant. And what I mean by that, you'll hear people say that word all the time. If you want to pretend like you know stuff about A-B testing, just throw the word statistically significant conversion rate and uh, sample size. And everyone will be like, oh, this person knows what they're talking about. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so you want your, your, the, the number of you know, customers or users that are going to get this experience, you want that to be big enough such that your conversion rate is valid. So you don't want to like give it to five people and like, that's not enough. Like maybe those five people like have totally different user behaviors and it's not valid. Like it's just, it's, there's bias in the data or it's just not enough to really measure that. Like maybe like this is a good feature or not, or like yeah. it, it goes around like your conversion rate. How are you actually going to get enough data to figure out if this is valid? They suddenly have like valid. a, you know, somebody might just suddenly have like a family reunion and they're watching tons of movies. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that brings a great point. This is something that is really important at Comcast or, or any platform. There's seasonality, like there's not the family reunion, but there's like holidays, you know, do you want to run when you, when you run your AB test is very important. Should you run your AB test during a holiday where everyone is home? Probably not. I mean, you could, but then also make sure to run it a little bit longer past the holidays. So you get like, you avoid that seasonality or the, the change in user behavior because of the, the time of year. Okay, so let's say I take like 10% of my customers yeah, do this, and it looks like it's good. So do yeah. you just roll it out at that point, or do you um, do a larger segment? I, I think that's that's an also a very good question. Um, it depends. Um, at least from my experience, we've allocated more accounts or more um, subscribers or more users to validate that we see similar patterns. Um so it's not just this like 10%, let's, let's like double it to 20% and validate, okay, 20%, the, the conversion rate that we saw or the engagement that we saw with the 10%, it's, it's the same, but I play it safe or we play it safe. You could probably, if, if the 10% is statistically significant, sure, go for it. I think it depends on the, the team itself. Another reason to play it safe though, too, is if like, let's say you're introducing a new web service 
or a new feature into your like engineering ecosystem, um, it could be a good way to validate that you can handle the traffic. Um, like right. you can handle you can handle the load that you're then introducing to this new feature. Um, so I, I I think it's best to like once you've tested it against a ten percent, I don't think it hurts to then do like a incremental rollout to twenty percent, validate that the metrics are the same, and then that your platform can handle that. And then do you um, do you also do like real time uh, or in in production monitoring so that once you once you roll out a feature completely you still have the opportunity to roll it back if like things crash or yeah no that's a really great question too i i personally have not built a platform that can do that but it's kind of like the dream is to have um a platform where you're consistently monitoring how things are doing and then you just you have triggers or you have ways to like kind of like circuit breakers or something you see something's not it's not as as it should be then you can quickly roll back okay. and i think there are um tools or there are frameworks in the ab testing world that do do that for you um but the one we built at comcast previously was was in-house so we didn't build that feature yet okay. um, but i think that makes sense it's, it's a, similar to how like um You'd want the same thing when you just deploy code in general. You'd want to easily roll back if you see something that's that's not to what you expect, right? Yeah. Um, the so the uh, I know it's different models for for mm -hmm. different applications, but it's similar sort of similar idea. So mm -hmm. the the decision on um, if things are going well um, mm -hmm. and then whether to roll out or increase or whatever is mm -hmm. that is that done by people now? Or do you have a system taking care of that? From my experience, it's done by people. I know that there are platforms that can um, do that like programmatically. But at least from my experience, at least at Comcast, um, there's usually been like a review process, which is kind of old school. But there are a lot of stakeholders when it comes to A-B tests here. And there's a lot of um, kind of like checks and balances. Like everyone wants to make sure that the, this test is valid and that like the metrics are valid and that we're not forgetting about like one specific part of the platform. Like we're also measuring again, that, that whole construct of like holistically looking at what your change is doing to the product. Um, so in my experience, it's been, a, it's been more manual, but um, I know that there, there are platforms out there that once things look good, it's just, it goes, you know, do you do multiple experiments at once? That's a good question. Um, multiple experience that multiple experiments at once. I think it depends. Um, technically, you can run as many experiences experiments on your platform that it allows you to run, um, as long as they're not on the same segment of customers or on the same page. Um, but I think the one thing to be careful with is if one experiment affects the outcomes of the other, you might get results that are kind of useless. And what I mean by that is, um, let's say you have a page and you're You've got two A-B tests that you want to run on that one page. If you make a, two changes to that page and you happen to have accounts or you happen to have um, customers that are in both those segments, how do you know which experience increased or improved your conversion rate? Um, uh, right. There's prob probably some data people that can right. figure that out. But I, can, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not. There's, that's one thing I wish I did. I wish I paid more attention in college to uh, in statistics. 
I feel like it's used so often and I, I like undervalued that class. Yeah. I mean, I got calculus was required, but statistics wasn't what gives. I've never used calculus. <laughs> right. And I remember taking, I remember taking the statistics class like my senior year and I was like already checked out. I was like, this is something I should have taken like freshman year when I was fresh and like paying attention to everything. Uh, yes. um, statistics was horrible for me. It was a four o'clock in the afternoon, fourth floor of a hundred year old building. That sounds uh, terrible. And the four o'clock part sounds terrible. And I think it was a hundred year old teacher also. Oh no. And I got like two days into the class and I'm like, there's <laughs> no way I'm sleeping, not sleeping through this. So I dropped it. Yeah. I, that's like the psychology class. I, I dropped psychology. Um, because it was one of those, it was one of those like extra, what are those called? The uh, electives. Um, but that anyways, would have been good too. Like some basic psychology. I wish I would have taken that. I think there's a lot like that, that I wish I focused on in college. Like even just like normal, like history. I don't know much about history. There's like, I, I took like history in, in school, like in a high school, but it was kind of one of those things. Like I just need to pass it so that I can go like enjoy math class. Um, oh, that's or like awesome. physics or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyways, I wish I just knew more now. I, I feel like the older I get, the more I want to know. And the, like the, the less value, I valued learning less when I was younger. Now I just want to learn everything. Yeah. Uh, don't you wish you had, and like uh, people blowing out school now, high school kids. I'm like, what do you mean? This is the last time you're ever going to get a free education. Right. No, that's a great point. But it's like so undervalued. Like, I mean, did you think of that when you were in high school? No, I thought of it as a game. Who exactly. It's like, I just need to get an A and then go to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. If I, if I can learn nothing and still get an A, I would do that. Exactly. That's, that was me. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so the whole statistical as aspect, um, yeah, like that's definitely like, it's just, I guess you just have to be careful. Like I think one way that you can run as many AB tests that you want to run, if they're all in different pages, yep. sure. Like you're not going to impact the the results if, if, if you're testing it in different parts of your product. Well, and let's say I've got I'm like a startup or a small business and it's just like mm -hmm. me or something. Yeah. I know that there's tools for just like web apps and websites right. that, that I can do AB testing, but it's, it's just going to report back to me and then I have to decide to go and make the change right. whenever I decide to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sure I'll get I'll get a whole bunch of people that contact me and tell me all the other ways to do it. And no, that's what I'm curious. Well, people will be great. like, "Yeah, no, so, I hear you." Um. So the uh, you've done. I was curious. You you wrote down in some of our notes that you might have some case studies uh, yeah. from podcasts that you could share. Yeah, definitely. I have one that I thought was really interesting. Um. So we did an A/B test where we introduced this like more personalized experience, um, into our like video, uh, platform, meaning like it was just a more experience, more personalized, um, page that you can say, I'm trying to like talk, like, if you don't know the product, I'm just trying to make it sound simpler. And this page just returned like the TV shows that you would like and the movies that you would like. Um, so it's geared towards you. Um, and we ran this AB test and I thought the most interesting from running this, the most interesting aspect of running this AB test was when we are analyzing the data. So when we were initially analyzing the data, we were looking at our segments, we had a test in our control segments, and we saw like an increase in engagement. So like we saw that more people were watching TV, for example, with the new personalized experience. And that's what you expect, right? But it was like about like 4%. And like that, we didn't, we didn't feel like that was a lot. Like this, it's like a, it's a whole page just for you. Like, you know, like it literally it's based on like what we think you'll like based on what you've previously watched on our platform. It seems like this should just be like a home run. Right. So I remember thinking like, this is surprising that it's only four ish, 5% increase. Um, and then while like thinking about this, 
what we did is we decided to take our segments and then break up those segments into different cohorts. Um, so what I mean by that is we looked at our, our the, the, the data and we were like, well, let's see if we could find commonality within our segments and then look at our conversion rate. So we found customers that like watched more TV and we had, like we did analysis on like they watch more like they more they watch more TV on on demand and then we saw customers that watched more like for example uh, TV on live like linear we call it linear TV um, so TV that's not uh, pre pro, uh, pre available for you it's just it's on live right now um, and what we found is if we broke the broke that segment down into different traits that the conversion rate was different. So people who watch more on-demand, and this this new page was available based on, on in the on-demand menu, we found that those customers saw like a 21% increase in their conversion rate. Um, and what that was really interesting was like, and this is probably something again that like researchers or statisticians would, would figure out to do like from the from the start of the, the A-B test, but it was interesting that we uh, saw like a smaller conversion rate initially and then once we analyzed like traits about those customers and then did that analysis again that specific types of users had like a higher increase in in the engagements or whatever um if that makes sense yeah i mean there's there's some people that are just never going to use on demand right and then the i mean and if you if you include that in your in your account in your segments that kind of like you know decreased our conversion rate interesting if that makes sense i mean like um yeah, because like I mean, Comcast is a is that's a big sort of market. There's all sorts of people that interact with TV, right, um, right, both in in new ways and old ways. Whereas like uh, if you were a Netflix, you, there's no live TV on Netflix. So. Yeah, it's just it's just like an uh, on demand aspect, right? Exactly. I was wondering how long is it going to take for the word Netflix to be mentioned. <laughs> Well, I mean, so you did it. I don't know how long we've been in this conversation, but you brought it in. Sorry, is this a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> um, no, I I have a I have a funny Netflix story, but um, oh yeah, save that for later. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, they do they do A/B testing and they do it well, so that's pretty cool. Um. Anyway, uh, the uh, I had another question. So in your in your so I, I'd like to hear more stories, but I was curious about. In the Comcast case, mm-hmm. how long are these experiments? Do you run them for two weeks, that's, a month? That's or? a great question. I think it, it depends on the use case that we're testing um, for this uh, this this test where we're introducing um, the new the highly personalized experience. It was a few months. Like it did take a while, um, but that was like for various reasons. I mean, we started it kind of during the holidays, so we wanted to see. Um, we wanted to see results past the holidays, that whole seasonality aspect. And then also we did do um, what we kind of spoke about earlier is like it was available for X, like X number of accounts or X number of subscribers. We did do something similar where we increased, we doubled it. And then we wanted to ensure that doubling it, we still saw those same usage patterns. Okay. Um, so that one did take a while, but it also was one of our first real big um, A-B tests. And similar to what I said earlier, it, we also introduced a new web service. Um, or, you know, new, new infrastructure, new, uh, a new component into our ecosystem. So we also wanted to validate that that could handle traffic as expected. Oh yeah. Okay. Any other cool case studies? Um, not, I mean, that one I think was our coolest. We did, uh, run a case study. We did run an AB test where we were, um, testing just one row. Um, and I thought what was super interesting when we did that analysis was to see which, 
like placement in the row matters a lot. So like, let's say you have a row um, of content, meaning like you have like 10 different TV shows, like you have 10 different TV shows in one row. Um, and I remember when we were looking at the data and this is kind of where like, it's just, there's so much data to look at. You can be in like analysis paralysis or whatever we would call it. Um, but I remember the interesting um, aspect of doing an AB test with just one row was it was interesting to analyze the data and see like if we which should we put the best TV for the best TV show for you? Should we put it in the like second um, spot or should we put it in the like in the the spot right underneath the first? Meaning like our customer is more likely to go navigate with their remote to the left or down or to the right or down. So it was just interesting how you could analyze the data and figure out the best placement for content. Um, but then again, like I think that's the that's the best part about A/B testing is you can make more data-driven decisions, um, which is kind of the goal I think in life is make informed decisions on your on what you're doing. Um, now, there's speaking of analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Do you does does every change go through A/B testing, or do some changes just that's a really good question or whatever. I mean, yeah, definitely the, the latter of that statement. Not, I don't think, I mean, everything, some changes just make sense. You know what I mean? Like it's, and there's also ways to make changes without doing AB testing. I guess I could have talked about that earlier, but you can do, you can make a change, but you can make an informative change. Like you could do qualitative analysis. I know we have UX researchers that, you know, study how, get a group of, uh, human beings and see how they interact with the platform and then make make decisions on how to change the product based on qualitative analysis. But you could also do like with algorithms, if you don't want to A-B test, you could do what we call offline um, evaluations. And that's just evalu- evaluations using some specific metric that's specific to your platform or your algorithm to measure is this algorithmic change going to still return good results. So there are ways to evaluate changes without A-B testing. Um, and there is the whole, again, cause it is expensive. So if, if, if it's blatantly clear that this, that there is a specific part of your site that's like sucks, just change it. And then you can measure the impact of that change before you can like take data before you made that change, take data after you made that change and kind of gauge, like, was this a good change? If you know what I mean? Yeah. And since, um, it's a content platform. Mm-hmm. Um, does, does, is AB testing ever coming in with things like, uh, what content to have and highlight and what, what descriptions yeah, yeah, of the shows and stuff like that? Yeah. That's like a big, big aspect of it. That's not something that I've personally ex- had experience, but I know that there are, um, companies and teams and platforms that are doing that. Like just the way, and I had a recent conversation with someone about this, like you could have the best algorithm, but if you're not surfacing it in the correct way, it doesn't matter. Meaning like your word, the words and how you represent the data that the customer sees is very important. You know, like if you could say for you, or you could say like, um, I can't think of another way to say for you, but like it's the, the context in which an algorithm is used should be A-B tested. Like you should figure out like, what's the best way to represent this TV show, you know, or what's the best way to represent the the metadata around an asset or the metadata around a movie or TV show that the customer sees. That's more, that's more compelling or more likely for the customer to click on it or to have some conversion rate. Yeah. You've got, I mean, I'm just skimming through and you've got like, there's a picture of the show and. Right. There's a lot of picture. I mean, I know that's something that um, I've seen other streaming platforms do. So they'll, they'll AB test just the images that are surfaced to them. Oh, interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. There's a rabbit hole there. Yeah, no, t- totally. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done that, but that's that definitely seems like you could, you could take different images of like the TV show and like if there's a darker one, if this person's more likely to watch like crime, or okay. you know, scary not scary TV shows. Okay, so um, okay, what is this fun for you? I mean. <laughs> Is what fun talking about A/B testing or doing A/B testing? Well, just in the role of being involved with the A/B testing part of Comcast is yeah, it's super fun. Um, definitely, I recently switched into our like broadband part of the world, and one of my goals is to figure out how we can run more A/B tests simply with like the apps that help customers like navigate their like Wi-Fi or their like internet experience. I think A/B testing is super fun. I think it's I think the act of it make having a question and then seeing if that question or having a thought and then validating that thought with data is a, is a fun experience. Yeah. I kind of wish more of our life was like that. (laughs) Make two decisions and then you could like undo one decision based on data. Yeah. That'd be super cool. (laughs) We just moved into a new building at at work. And so Mm -hmm. um, like if they could AB test uh, the, the, the width of the steps on the, yeah, um, that's a great one. That'd that's, be cool. Except for that they'd have seems to... like a like a safe thing to do. <laughs> well, yeah, it might be a little expensive to just try it out and then rip out the stairs if it doesn't right. matter. But... Yeah, see, that's what I mean. A B testing is expensive. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you got to implement the feature even if you end up not keeping it. I guess. Right, and that that's a big part of it is like you can't get attached to features. Like you could easily like throw away the feature that like irregardless of the staircase example we're talking about, yeah. like you. You could, there could be an A-B test that results in like a bad conversion rate. You have to be okay with throwing away that code. As long as you learn something from it, I guess it's okay, you know? Yeah. So how how often do changes go into the Comcast platform? Oh, that's a great question. Are they going in daily or? Yeah, I think it depends on the team. I mean, I know there are team that, teams that do um, somewhat daily releases. I know there are teams that do monthly releases. I know there are teams that do quarterly releases. It kind of just depends on. Uh, what team you're on. The team I'm on now that's uh, specific to um, broadband or your Wi-Fi network, uh, we do a release every Thursday. Okay. Um, so it kind of just depends. But then the team that I was on previously, the personalization team, we kind of did a release whenever we needed it. I mean, I remember there was one week where we literally did a release every day in preparation for this feature that we were rolling out. Um, so it depends. Okay. And these are um, full releases to customer and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. It's just a different world. Um, yeah, it's, I, I've only known this world, so I don't know how it is on, on the other side. <laughs> well, I mean, um, we've got, uh, I, I, I ship in, I ship software that goes to instruments and the customer has to download the file and load it oh, onto their instrument. So that's interesting. They I'm would, not they would kill us that. if we lo- if we released every day. And do you have to, I guess, can you force an update or? They're, is that the, the, no, they're not connected to the internet. So, oh, whoa. Um, so 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 your changes when they go they go or i mean like you're there's they could potentially have code on their devices or i guess instruments from like five years ago yep and um and then also that uh there's no way that the other world where you can do metrics on what people use and stuff Mm -hmm. uh, we we don't have that so that's really interesting i've never thought about that side of the software world Like your car. I mean, I don't know. Your car probably now does report back to her. Yeah, I think so. It's like diagnostics or something like that, right? Isn't that something that's always – like, isn't there like – some? doesn't like Microsoft or something always ask you, like, 
can we send your can we send like data to like track how things are doing or something like that for diagnostics? Right. But my car's never done that for me. Oh. I don't own a car, but I'm sure that they do that at this point. Maybe Tesla's. Tesla's probably well, they probably do. And yeah. If, if Tesla blew up, all like all the cars would just stop or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, I I know so much more about A/B testing now. So cool. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you to Lima for teaching me so much about A/B testing. Thank you to Patreon supporters for continuing to support the show. Join them by going to testandcode.com/support. Thank you to OxyLabs for sponsoring this episode. Find out more about them at oxylabs.io slash testandcode. That link is also in the show notes at testandcode.com slash 100. That's all for now. Now go out and test something. Or maybe A-B test something. <laughs>